Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. I am back with another episode, and I'm really excited about this one. It is currently almost 2 a.m., where I'm at, and I'm recording this right now, so I guess you can say I'm a little bit of a night owl. But really, I just, I felt this message weighing heavy on my heart, so I really felt the need to share it. So I'm really excited. I'm sharing four powerful reminders, I guess you could say, that will really shift your reality. I try to remember these four things daily because they really can have such a huge impact on how I view the world in my own reality. Being mindful of these four perspectives has also helped me create shifts in my own life, so I'm hoping that they can help you too. So if you're ready, let's jump into it. All right, so starting with number one, how you start your day can make an impact. Now, it wasn't until recently that I realized just how big of an impact my morning habits have on my entire day. If you think about it, many of us are stuck in a loop of waking up to an alarm that instantly makes us dread what's to come next, right? Because often we are waking up to an alarm that is telling us it's time to get up and go to a job that we aren't really looking forward to. And most likely, we are feeling exhausted. We just want an extra 10 minutes to sleep. I think back to when I had my job as a server. My day-to-day life looked so much different than it does right now. I hated going to work. I always dreaded it because I knew I would have to deal with cranky customers who were probably just going to complain about their food or how long it took for the food to come out or they'd complain about the fact that I couldn't get them a fry fill because the kitchen was backed up. But Even these thoughts were already starting my day off on the wrong foot because I was projecting this energy of assumption that I was going to deal with rude customers. And often, the energy we project always gets reflected back to us. I remember every time my alarm would go off in the morning, I would feel anxiety and disappointment. And I'm sure many of you can relate if you have that obnoxious alarm that just wakes you up and instantly you're just like, oh, you cringe at it. You know the sound that I'm talking about. It's just, it's not a peaceful way to start your day, right? It's not a peaceful way to wake up. And then once that alarm goes off, we instantly look at our phone because most of the time our alarms are coming from our phone. We scroll through social media and the first thoughts we have are often how stressful our day is going to be, how we can't wait to get home, and then we see all the negativity that's on our social media. We scroll through and maybe we even see things on social media from other people and we start to wish that we had even a glimpse of someone else's reality in our own life. Maybe you see a friend on vacation while another friend just got a raise or whatever else the case may be. And then we notice we have two new text messages and a few emails that we feel the need to instantly check and reply to. In the morning, we are often setting ourselves up for feeling stressed, feeling exhausted, feeling like we need to be on urgency and pressure mode. And now we're running late, so we don't get to eat breakfast or start our morning off doing something that would actually ground our energy before work. 
this was me. When I was finally able to quit that job and work for myself full time, the pressure wasn't as bad, but I am still guilty of starting my day off on the wrong note, and I can tell how it affects me throughout the entire day. So I wanted to share with you some tips for starting your day off on a positive note and how these simple morning shifts can change your reality. So first, if you need to set an alarm to wake up, I get it. We have things to do and we don't want to oversleep. However, waking up naturally is so beneficial, but I know not everyone has the ability to do this because of priorities and jobs. So instead, What if you changed your alarm to something more peaceful rather than an alarm that is intense and instantly causes dread and anxiety? Now, I know this may not work for everyone, but it's something that has helped me. Now, the next tip is to not check your phone when you first wake up. Allow yourself to have 30 minutes or an hour before you look at your phone. Don't start your day off with pressure and urgency. Don't instantly set the tone of texting people back and answering emails. Technology has really created this reality where we feel like we need to be available at all times. Even when we clock out, there's this energy of still being available through email and text. Set those boundaries and stop allowing yourself to be available at all times. You don't need to be available constantly. And the next tip would be to have a morning routine that makes you feel good and be mindful of your morning thoughts. When we wake up and instantly go to that mindset of it's going to be a frustrating and exhausting day, oftentimes that's what plays out. Our mind is often on autopilot to feel this way when we wake up. So it's really important to be mindful of these thoughts and begin to shift them so you can rewire that autopilot. We want to start our day with a more positive perspective. Practice gratitude, set time to journal, maybe a five-minute meditation, step outside and make time for breakfast. Oftentimes, I hear the excuse that there isn't enough time to spend on a morning routine because often people oversleep or set their alarms to have just enough time to get ready or else they'll feel exhausted. And I actually brought this up to my therapist because I was getting a solid seven to eight hours of sleep, but yet I still felt exhausted and I was wondering why. And she told me that how much we sleep doesn't actually always matter. Usually what matters the most is, of course, the quality of sleep and that we are completing our sleeping cycles, our REM sleeping cycles, I believe is what she said. Oftentimes, we actually set our alarms for a time that actually disrupts our sleep cycle, and that's what causes the exhaustion. She recommended this website called Sleepy Time to me. It's sleepyti.me, and it will give you options of what time you should sleep depending on when you need to wake up or what times to set your alarm for in order to complete your sleep cycle and not wake up in the middle of your sleep cycle, and it actually helps. So again, remember that how you start your day will have a huge impact on how you will feel throughout the day. Number two, date yourself. Now you may be thinking, but I'm happy in my relationship with my partner. And you know what? That is great news. When I say date yourself, I don't mean that you can't still be in a relationship. This is more about learning how to strengthen the relationship that you have with yourself. And you can still do this while being in a relationship. This is something I've been doing for the past year now. And 
I am in a happy relationship with my husband. When it comes to dating yourself, it's really about learning about yourself, becoming mindful of your thoughts, being the observer of your thoughts, asking yourself the tough questions that you would ask your partner, finding out what you like to do, asking yourself what makes you happy, what fills your cup up, and then doing exactly that for yourself loving yourself in your love language. Oftentimes, we look to other people to make us happy, and this is actually doing more harm than good. When we allow someone else to control our happiness, this gives this person control over our emotions. We are saying that we are only happy if this person is making us happy and that we can't be happy on our own. And this is how we lose ourselves in relationships. It's time to be in control of your own happiness because at the end of the day, the one relationship that will always be there for you is the relationship that you have with yourself. How can you make yourself happy? And the more you fill up your own cup, the more you can share your happiness with others and give. But oftentimes, we are giving from an empty cup, which is why we burn out and feel exhausted and drained all the time. I had many relationships where I was allowing the reactions of others to really bother me. I was a huge people pleaser, I hated conflict, and every time someone was upset with me, I felt guilty. And I was actually talking with a client today about this. We were talking about people pleasing and how we often people please to keep the peace and we feel guilty when others react certain ways. But what's important to remember is that people's reactions are a reflection of them, not you. You can't control their reactions and it's not your responsibility to control their reactions. There have been relationships where I had to step back and check myself because of the reactions that I would have. I asked myself, why am I reacting this way? What is this pointing towards? And I realized it had a lot to do with self-worth wounds. This is something I've since then been working on so that when and if I choose to go back to these relationships, I'm showing up as authentic as possible and I'm no longer allowing these relationships to have so much control over my emotions. Because in reality, it's my responsibility to be in control of my own emotions. So when it comes to dating yourself, I also recommend taking yourself on dates. Do things you love with yourself. You know, there's a little pond in my town that I like to go sit by and just embrace being present in nature by myself. It's extremely grounding. You can even take yourself on mini staycations. Just get to know yourself more. There is nothing more empowering than that. All right, number three, the universe makes you uncomfortable to get you to move. This is another reminder that really got me to look at certain situations in my life from a different perspective. I think to when things go wrong or when there's incidents in my life that happen unexpectedly and push me out of my comfort zone. And the reality is, this is the universe testing you, getting you uncomfortable so that you will realize that it's time to shift. It's time to learn. It's time to complete a cycle because it's so easy to get stuck in cycles. We become so comfortable that we start to settle and sometimes we're settling for things that aren't making us happy. But at the time, it's it just seems easier than stepping out and taking a risk. A quote that really changed my perspective is, whatever you aren't changing, you are choosing. And this was really eye-opening for me. Whatever we aren't changing, we are accepting. 
If I told you right now that the current reality or the current life that you are living is going to be your reality for the next 30 years, how would that feel? Would you feel happy about that? Does that make you excited? My guess would be probably not. You probably can vision so much more for yourself. But the truth is, if you aren't stepping out of your comfort zone and making the necessary changes, then you probably will be stuck in this current reality. And sometimes the universe sees potential when we don't see it. So it intervenes and it causes a shakeup to get us to make those necessary changes because growth doesn't come from comfort and that's just the truth. So the next time you feel like the world is against you, the next time something unexpected happens, ask yourself, what is the lesson? And sometimes the biggest shakeups actually lead us to new opportunities. And I know it's hard to look at it from that perspective, but my dad is living proof of this. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while now, then you know that my relationship with my dad has not always been the greatest. We have been through some serious ups and downs. When I was about five or six years old, my dad got injured at work. He tore his rotary cuff or rotator cuff. I don't even know how you pronounce it. Rotary, rotator. And it was because an elevator door had closed on him. And at the time, we didn't realize just how much this would change not only his life, but my life and my family's life. This led to my dad getting a surgery and then he was prescribed painkillers. And at the time, he was a recovering drug addict. So he asked the doctor to make sure that the painkillers weren't going to be addictive. And they assured him, you know, that they weren't and that he would be fine if he took them. But it turns out that wasn't the case. This injury led to him getting laid off from work. And this was because he could no longer work. The surgery caused nerve damage where he would burn up and his skin was constantly feeling on fire. I remember watching my dad literally sweating buckets just from being outside for a minute or two. He would cry himself to sleep at night because the burning sensation and discomfort was so real to him. I watched my dad go through withdrawals when they cut him off from his painkillers cold turkey. I saw him completely depressed. Most days he wouldn't want to move from the couch. You could tell how bad he was hurting both physically and mentally. My dad changed before my eyes. He felt like a complete stranger to me. And because he was going through all of this, he struggled with anger. And it was mostly due to that suppressed trauma that he was going through, not only with the loss of his job, financial struggles, the injury, struggles with near-death experiences and addiction, but also wounds that he suppressed that related to his own experience with his father and family. And this whole situation not only led him to, you know, addiction again, but it also eventually led to my parents divorcing. And ever since then, he wasn't there for any of my milestones, like when I got my license, when I had my first heartbreak, or when I got dressed up for prom. He wasn't there when I graduated. And I held so much resentment against him for this. But ultimately, everything that was happening was directing him and me to a much bigger purpose because the universe saw our potential. My dad ended up moving to Florida and this felt like the biggest slap in the face. I felt like he was abandoning me and this really just reinforced the feelings I felt as a child that my dad just didn't care about me. But what was really happening was that he was being redirected to healing. 
And I know it just, it sounds crazy because any person would look at this and think, you know, why would a father leave their child and not make a strong effort to be in their life? And how could I forgive my dad for something like this? And I'm sure a lot of you can probably relate to your own relationships. And for many years, I struggled to forgive my dad because I was exposed to so much at such a young age. And I felt like my dad abandoned me and cared about everything else in his life more than me. But as I was able to heal, it allowed me to see our situation from a different perspective. My dad went through all of this because the universe was trying to shake him up, to get him to recognize his unhealed wounds, to get him to align with his life purpose, which was more than that job. And did it redirect him to one of the hardest, toughest paths? Absolutely. It was the most uncomfortable for him too. We actually just had this conversation the other night, but it brought him the biggest lessons. Moving to Florida allowed him to find healing. He was able to connect with his spirituality. He was able to recover from the addiction. And the truth is, you can't heal in the same place that made you sick. Massachusetts was where he was sick. And now I'm getting a little bit emotional. I honestly didn't think that I would, but I can just, I, I just can feel and see how much his life has changed from all of this and how much my life has changed from all of this. And I'm truly grateful for everything that it's taught me and him. You know, being in Massachusetts, he was just surrounded with low vibrational energy. He was surrounded by bad influences, heartache, and a family that abandoned him. You know, we haven't spoke to his family in over a decade now. So moving to Florida was the opportunity for him to heal. It was uncomfortable at first because he was broke, he was struggling, and he was homeless, but he didn't let that hold him back. And through healing, he has now been able to share his story and I've been able to share mine. He's been able to work for his church and give back to his community. He's been able to help others who have struggled with addiction and similar wounds. We have mended our relationship and have been stronger than ever before. So yeah, sometimes life is going to knock you down. It's going to shake up your world, but it's for a reason. And I know there are many out there with wounds connected to family too, to your parents, to your brothers or your sisters or to your friends. Relationships are hard. It's hard to find forgiveness and I thought I never would. But I see the bigger picture and healing can happen. Now I'm not saying you have to talk to those who hurt you. There are many people in my life that I felt hurt by and no longer talk to them, but I have forgiven and let go of resentment because it's what brings me internal peace. There is always a lesson and an opportunity in every shakeup. The universe is making you uncomfortable because otherwise you would have never moved. All right, number four, lastly, question your reality. Now, I know this might rub some people the wrong way because it really seems like nowadays we aren't allowed to question anything. And I would even say why to that. See, I am the type of person who does question. My parents told me as a child I was always curious and constantly seeking answers and questioning everything. But I'll say this, you don't have to question everything, but you should question your beliefs. And now you may be wondering why? And it's simply because oftentimes our beliefs are conditioned. We learned them through our parents, society, the environment we grew up around, our teachers, our friends, and so on. Our beliefs oftentimes aren't our own. From a young age, we are conditioned to think and behave certain ways, and these beliefs oftentimes aren't in alignment with our authentic self. 
Our intuition is pushed away and we are taught not to trust it. And a lot of this is through fear conditioning. Fear plays a huge role in society stress. I was actually watching a documentary on Gaia last night that spoke about healthcare and how fear is one of the number one causes of a weakened immune system. And you see fear everywhere, in the media especially, because fear is a form of manipulation and it's a way that people can control your actions. Starting at a young age, our parents want us to listen to them. Our parents want to teach us how to behave a certain way and oftentimes they teach us with fear-based strategies because this is how they were taught. They weren't taught any other way. You better do what I say or else you're grounded. You know, and even some of them were hit and feared to be fearful of their parents in the way that their parents would react to certain situations that they did. Or you would do something wrong and you are sent to your room and punished in hopes that this will teach you a lesson and make you fear the consequences so you won't behave that way ever again. Then you go to school and fear is used there too. You do something wrong and you're sent to the principal's office. You're feared into behaving a certain way at school. Then think about grades. You're pushed to get good grades in school and if you don't, you often would fear the consequences. Maybe you had parents that would punish you for failing or punish you if you weren't a high achiever or if you experienced something similar to me. I had a teacher that pointed out to the entire class that I was failing and I remember how humiliating it was. So I feared getting bad grades and often felt that I wasn't worthy if I got a bad grade. I remember fearing my first day at a new school because I didn't know anyone and I didn't want to have to sit alone at lunch. Then you have the guidance counselors and teachers fearing you into making the choice to go to college. If you don't go to college and stick to the status quo, you won't find a successful job that pays well. If you go to community college, you won't get the same job opportunities. These were fear tactics used to control your decisions. They use fear and religion to get you to behave and think certain ways. If you don't go to church, you're going to hell. If you do this or that, you're going to hell. If you have sex before marriage, it's bad and you need to repent for your sins. All of this fear-based conditioning so we will behave and think the way that they want us to. And people in power use fear tactics too in order to control your choices. And I know some people don't see it this way and don't want to see it this way. In fact, some people may even fear the judgment if they look at it from this perspective, but fear is how we have been conditioned to not trust our own intuition. It's how we are conditioned to behave and act certain ways, to think certain ways. And this is actually extremely damaging to your life path because we oftentimes make fear-based decisions instead of listening to our intuition and that leads us astray. Now, of course, we'll always learn the lesson when we do make fear-based decisions, but the biggest lesson I learned in my life is that I shouldn't be living in fear. I should be living life in faith, trusting my gut instinct, listening to my intuition in my body, making the choices that I intuitively know are best for me because I am the one who has to deal with the consequences. So why do they care so much about the choices I make if I'm the one dealing with the consequences. And most of the time, it's about control. It's about them believing that that's right and everyone needs to think and act a certain way in order to keep the power, in order to stay in control. And honestly, probably because as a collective, we have all been on this conditioned fear-based mindset for a while now. It's essentially our autopilot go-to response. And for many generations, it's been passed on. 
We fear not having enough money, so we choose jobs that will pay the bills because we fear if we go after a job that we actually enjoy that it will leave us broke. But in reality, it's these fear-based mindsets that are self-sabotaging us. How we feel internally is what is reflected back to us in our external world. If you want to have a major shift and transform your life, it's time to question your reality and it's time to shift out of fear and shift into faith. Rewrite your story. Align with your authenticity. Stop being afraid to go against the norm. And I'm not saying it's time to rebel, but I am saying it's time to start living life on your own terms again. So I hope that you found this episode helpful in one way or another. I really just wanted to share this message with you. Please feel free to share it with someone who you think may need to hear this message. It would mean the world to me, um, you know, to connect with you on social media. I'm at Ducloos, E-L-L-D-U-C-L-O-S on all social media platforms. I'm sending you all of my love. Until next time.